0: Hello and welcome to Enrich Life Faith Community. We are a community that is centered around the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening today. Please read the description of this video to get the footnotes and links for this message, and you can also find these notes in our podcast episode description if you are listening on the podcast today. So welcome back to our Bible study through the book of John. Uh, today we're reading John 3:12 to21, and we'll be continuing in the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. Uh, Jesus just spoke about being born of the Spirit, and Nicodemus responds to him, and he says, "How can these things be?" Jesus answered and said to him, "You are the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things." Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you people do not accept our testimony. So that's from last week. And now, continuing on for this week's section, this is Jesus speaking. If I told you earthly things and you did not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes will have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. The one who believes in him is not judged. The one who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, so that his deeds will not be exposed. But the one who practices the truth comes to the light, so that his deeds are revealed as having been performed in God. So there's a lot here in this section. It's it's really heavy, uh, theologically speaking. That's Partly because Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, who is a well educated Jewish Pharisee. He was a ruler and a leader for his community. And that's kind of what he is pointing out when he says, You're a leader, uh, like from the last week's section, when he says that you're a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things. So. Him being in that authority position over people, he should be able to, to grasp these things. But these are pretty, pretty mysterious things that he's saying at first glance and for hearing it for the first time. So Jesus is saying that in order to understand spiritual truths or these, these theological matters, first you'd have to believe the earthly things, the, the tangible, the basic fundamental things that Jesus was teaching. And it has to be in that order. So can you think of any examples where you needed to learn something more basic or more fundamental before you were able to grasp or understand anything more complex? Okay, so let's dig into this piece of scripture. It's Jesus' first recorded statement after giving the context that he's speaking about heavenly matters as he says no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven the son of man and this is a really good example of why it's important to take scripture in context and in order to try to interpret what what this is saying or what Uh, what this means for us, is to look at other sections of scripture that are related in maybe the footnotes of your Bible or in commentaries, Um, because all throughout the Bible there are connections, um, foreshadowing and giving background and context for things that are being said. So. Jesus, speaking spiritually, says that no one has ascended into heaven. But what about Elijah? In 2 Kings 2.11, it says, Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. If you put those two statements beside each other, no one has ascended into heaven. And Elijah went up to heaven into whirlwind. At face value, it looks like those things are a contradiction and they can't fit together. So because we believe that God's word is eternal and that uh, scripture uh, is infallible or inerrant as far as its ability to teach, rebuke, correct, training in righteousness, that contradiction means we must be interpreting it wrong. So in order to look at this, I think first it's easier to look at a more um, simple, a more simple example uh, so a good one I think is the Bible verse that says that no one can um, be in God's presence face to face or no one can look at the face of the Lord with without perishing um, there are there are several verses that talk about if you look at the at the face of God that you'll die um, but, what about Moses? there's a verse that says that that Moses spoke with God face to face and and Jacob said that he spoke to God face to face uh when he wrestled with him, when he wrestled with the Lord, uh, and his name changed to Israel so yeah, pl- plucking verses out of context and reading them at face value you're going to get contradictions because you're not reading the intended purpose of what those things are saying um, so in, in order to um evaluate these contradictions or these contradicting ideas let's look at the context of those verses so in exodus thirty-three twenty, 20 john 1 18 and john 4 12 as well as first timothy 6 16 it says that no one has seen God face to face and lived, but in Genesis thirty two thirty, Exodus thirty three eleven, it says that Moses and Jacob did. So Moses is the mediator; or he was the mediator for the first covenant, uh, the covenant of the law, that the Israelites. Um, received at Mount Sinai. Uh, The Israelites couldn't go onto the mountain or else they would die, and they were afraid to be in God's presence. So they, they requested that Moses be their mediator to go to God for them, and then Moses would come back down from the mountain and share what God spoke to him to the people. The Gospel of Matthew testifies that Jesus is the fulfillment of this mediator role that Moses had for the first covenant, in bringing in the new covenant, the covenant of grace. Uh, You can see this in Galatians 3.19 and Hebrews 9.15. So Jesus fulfilled the Mosaic Covenant on our behalf, instituting the New Covenant of Grace with his Sermon on the Mount, and that echoes the Ten Commandments in Exodus at Mount Sinai, where, Jesus, where Moses was speaking from the mountain. Here we have Jesus speaking also on a mountain. So let's look at Exodus 33.11. It says that Moses spoke face to face with God and i think the correct interpretation of this verse is saying that speaking face to face as in having a direct conversation moses spoke the lord responded verbally moses could hear and understand what the lord was actually saying um it it, To quote that verse, it says, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. So I think if you, this verse can be better clarified if you look in the book of Numbers, where it says that, or it shows that face to face is an idea that means not speaking through dreams, not speaking through prophecies, not speaking in riddles, but speaking plain and simply um, as in a conversation which now looking at that saying that okay so moses didn't literally see the face of god when he was having this conversation but that that face to face means having a direct conversation it makes more sense when we read further in exodus 33 22 and it says that when the glory of the god was the glory of god was passing by he had to hide moses in a rock in a cleft of a rock and shield him so that he couldn't see the face of god so that he wouldn't die but having that in context now, that makes sense that why, why just a few verses earlier, could, he's, could Moses see God face to face and then 20 verses later, could he not? And it's because that face to face is talking about two different things. One is talking about the type of conversation and one is literally talking about seeing the face of God. In order to interpret seeming contradictions in the Bible, it's invaluable to read the entire Bible in its context so that we can use those big picture truths and apply them into situations that are mysterious or confusing for us. In the same way that that term face-to-face can be used in two different ways, I believe that we can apply that idea for ascending to heaven. My understanding is when Jesus says that no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man, is that he is quoting Proverbs, Proverbs 30, where it says, Who has ascended and descended from heaven? Um, He's talking about how he doesn't have knowledge, he doesn't have wisdom. And, you know, who carries the wind in his fists? I think it says something like that. So that's prophesying about our messiah who who will that be what's his name or what's his son's name that's all prophesying about jesus and i think jesus is then quoting the scripture to point to himself as being the fulfillment of the messiah Um, and so it means when jesus says no one has ascended or descended from heaven he it's more than just entering the kingdom of god in the spiritual realm, like after you die, or it's more than just that entering a kingdom. It's being in the presence of God, being at His right hand. Even um, there are several verses all throughout the New Testament that talk about Jesus being seated at the right hand of God and being enthroned in heaven. And that that type of communion with God hasn't been experienced by any human ever, um, only by the Son. Uh, jesus christ and jesus has the ability to go ascend to heaven and come to earth and in that in that verse in john 3 it's saying that first he had to descend that's pointing to his eternal nature being god that he had descended to earth before he could ascend back to heaven and now to continue in uh john chapter 3 it says just as moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness so must the son of man be lifted up so that everyone who believes will have eternal life in him so reading this next verse once again is giving us more context it's showing us we should be looking at moses looking closer into the uh the scriptures of moses's life to better understand what what is that talking about um and to see what's really being said in this in this case uh it's also transitioning into talking about salvation and eternal life and how that is completely and uniquely found in christ jesus just as moses led god's people out of slavery in egypt and into the promised land so jesus will do so much more by completely conquering death and our slavery to sin and leading us into the new jerusalem and finally return back into the presence of god just as it was before the fall in the garden of eden And now we arrive at the most famous Bible verse, probably the most famous Bible verse in contemporary thought, and that is John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So in other words, eternal life has been given through the act of sacrifice of his only begotten son, because God loves his children so much, and this is offered to everyone who believes in him. Uh, The rest of this section of scripture goes on to talk about the purpose of Jesus' earthly ministry and what he came here to accomplish. So Jesus' saving mission. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. So Jesus' earthly ministry was not to judge the world and condemn the world, but to save the world through him. What's our response as believers? The one who believes in him is not judged. And the one who does not believe in him has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of god so that's showing really directly that it's only through and by jesus that we can be saved and it's only through our belief and faith in him for um for salvation so why are we being judged this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil and why do we love darkness for everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come into the light so that his deeds will not be exposed so how can we come to the light but the one who practices truth comes to the light so that his deeds will be revealed as being performed in god how do we practice truth? How do we perform something in God? These are questions that we will be working out our whole lives as we work out our salvation. It's hard to do this alone, and that's part of our mission at Enriched Life that we as a community support each other and encourage each other in our spiritual growth and in our lives here on earth. So, uh, every time we speak at Enriched Life, we want to present the gospel of Jesus Christ and we Will include the gospel message in each Bible study. So, um, Because of Adam's fall, every person inherits Adam's sinful nature, Adam's sinfulness, and we will all face judgment one day. Because of this sinfulness, we ourselves sin and we rebel against God and deserve to go to hell. But because of God's abundant love for us, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, the new Adam, who himself fully God and fully man lived a sinless life. willingly suffered died on the cross went to hell on our behalf and defeated death by rising from the dead on the third day he ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the father he did this to reconcile us to himself by redeeming us through his blood by his death and resurrection he has made atonement for our sins death being the cost of sin and resurrection signifying new life and justification In Christ, we become new creations. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and made partakers of all of Christ's saving benefits. Empowered by the Spirit, we can now fight against our sinful nature and strive to live holy lives out of gratitude of such a great salvation one day the son will return and judge the living and the dead those who are not found in him will be sentenced to eternal punishment but those who are found in him will be saved and have eternal life there is nothing we can do to earn this free gift but it is through faith in turning to him repenting of our sinful nature and having faith in him as our lord that we can be saved it is our faith in christ alone that saves us we trust in his works not ours if you have any questions or wish to speak to someone further about jesus please send us an email at enrich at outlook.com or you can text or call 306-850-0429 thank you for listening to this message today have a great week and we'll be back again next wednesday at 5 45 pm thanks and take care